0: All right, everybody, greetings. Welcome once again to the Rec Poker Podcast, YouTube video. I'm your host, Steve Fredland. And as always, we are sponsored by Running Aces, Racetrack, and Casino. So thanks to those guys. Uh, our guest, as promised, is Eileen Sutton. And we are super excited to have her on the show and joining us by video call, which is sort of a new endeavor for her. So, Eileen, first of all, just thank you so much for uh, taking the time and joining us.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And I'm really glad you're taking on these issues. I'm excited to have the chat.
0: Now, where are you calling in from?
1: I'm calling in from New York City. That's a yeah. little town, like, over there. Yeah, you know?
0: I, I feel like I've heard of that. Is that, so it's on the West Coast? Is that right? Is that kind of... <laughs> I think
1: it's East Coast, yeah. East Coast, is.
0: okay, yeah. Okay, now are you are you a New Yorker by, by growing up? Or have you, are you a re- transplant? Or what's your deal there?
1: I grew up in Los Angeles. Um, so, so hold on. I just want to be clear. So I'm looking like kind of at your face, uh, directly. So am I doing, does my head look kind of normal and everything like where I'm looking and stuff?
0: Well, first of all, your head looks way more normal than any of us that are on the panel. So let's just start right there. You're perfectly fine. Your head looks, your head looks perfectly fine. You can look straight ahead. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're fine. You're centered just fine. So... (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, because I know there's some an issue if I look at the camera lens or I look at you or I just oh
0: sometimes... yeah we we can tell if you're looking at the screen or if you're looking at the camera but you know hey we're we're cool whatever I keep looking up and down all around everywhere so uh, whatever is most comfortable for you I think your screen will probably who's ever talking will probably be made large on the screen so you can kind of decide uh, where no, you want to look great. it's
1: no it looks great I have a huge screen so it's all good um I grew up in Los Angeles California and I've been in New York for 30 years. And um, so I guess I'm a New Yorker, dot, dot, dot. You know, I say it reluctantly, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the deal.
0: Okay, good. Well, so I know you've been all over the place. We've seen, uh, between the panel, I think we've seen you all over different places, different articles that you've written. Uh, I know you wrote a book, The Total Poker Manual. You write not you write fiction books, SuttonStories.com. It's like, kind of all over the place, right? You're kind of doing all sorts of different things.
1: I've had a robust life as a writer <clears throat> for 30 years, and now my writing life includes my poker writing. And I'm just very, uh, it's been an amazing journey, which is a word I don't like, but it's been an amazing journey to add to my writing credential, the work I do in the poker space. So it's been wonderful.
0: Well, we appreciate that. And one of the the things that we, that we've, we know of is the essay that you wrote, uh, The Poker for Girls, kind of about the New York underground cash scene. So, talk a little bit. We're going to get into the issue of women in poker, but I want to just set the stage a little bit so people kind of know your your history and your involvement. So, talk a little bit about sort of that scene, if you will, but just kind of the article and what you really learned out of that. Now, as you're reflecting on it,
1: Um, I came to poker really late, and I'm really grateful for it. It was just a weird thing that happened to me when I was 55 years old. So, I'm in this very young male world all the time, and I've been here for now five, seven years. I've been playing serious cash for four years, um, and I got very serious from the start, and I got coaches right away. I just did really weird stuff, but I just decided poker with my life, and it was going to be my life forever, so I got really serious really fast. So I was a tournament player. Uh, Matt Matros, who's a three-time WSOP bracelet winner, was my first coach.
0: Okay, not <laughs>
1: and, bad. Uh, I was just insane. I was like, anyway, he was my first coach, and I was a tournament player, and he, Matt changed my life, and I found Cash about a year and a half or two years into my tournament life. And then I um, got to know Ed Miller and I edited his ninth book, The Course. He became my second coach. And Tommy Angelo uh, is now my third coach and has completely transformed my game. And it's been an amazing journey. So my life on the underground scene in New York uh, is, oh, my God. I mean, I'm writing a memoir about it. its It's been a tremendous ride. And I... It's Just a thousand stories to tell about what that's felt like, and how it trained me, and my feelings about it, and my next steps as a poker player, as an aspiring professional, and all that kind of stuff. So,
0: well, I'm I'm sorry that the the coaches that you had have just been complete no names. So that's kind of a sad, <laughs> it's kind of a sad journey for you that you've you enter the poker world and you just can't connect with anybody that knows anything about poker. A really tragic, like <laughs> really tragic. That is that is the right word. Well, let's let's talk. You can talk more about you know kind of that, that history or whatever whatever we need to talk about to kind of flesh out this issue a little bit. But we are uh, starting to, to broach the topic a little bit about about women in poker and what is what is happening. Um, you know why, why such a lack of gender diversity? Uh, at least when we sit down to to play tournaments, it, it's really hard to to have a tournament that has more than you know, one or two women in, in a hundred person field. And uh, I guess to start, I'd like to just know from your perspective, is this a problem? Cause I mean, I personally, I see it as a problem because I, I think a community is only as good as the diversity it has. And whenever you're, you're lacking diversity in some way, you're just not, the community is not operating to its fullest potential. So that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from on this. And that's why I wanted to tackle it, but uh, I don't want to make an assumption that it's a problem if people don't think it is. So is. I'm kind of curious, to start with, from your perspective, is this a problem that we have uh, a lack of gender diversity in tournament poker?
1: Um, I I mean, yes. The short answer is yes. Uh, I wouldn't use the phrase a problem. It's a fact. Um, I've been writing about women's issues and how women come into the poker ecosystem for a number of years through my blogging activity for Redshift Poker. And I've done a lot of research on it. And the, the numbers and the data are hard to come by. But women generally play uh, in live poker about two to four percent, and WSOP has those stats. And those statistics are getting worse, actually. Yeah. And women t- women tend to play online at much higher numbers, uh, up to maybe twenty percent. I'm not sure if that's on the tournament side or the cash side. Um, I-, I have made some notes for this conversation as we continue through it. But um, a- as a starting point, um, women have a different set of pressures in their lives. So my male my male friends in New York. Uh, who are single, uh, who have jobs, who are not raising children, uh, they can come to a poker game at 9 o'clock at night and leave at 2.30 or 3 o'clock in the morning if they have to get up and go to work the next day. Women generally, separate from the issue, there it's a matrix of issues having to do with how poker is taught, how women knock at the door of male-dominated industries. But as a starting point, women often make less money than men. They often are, are raising children. They're, they're, um, their pressures. I have a friend in D.C. who's raising two kids. She has a full-time job. Um, It's just a different set of of pressures separate from all the ways that women may or may not feel welcomed in the the poker world as a very male-dominated environment. But as a starting point, how much money can women spend on the game? Um, I'm not the typical woman in terms of how comfortable I am in a very male, uh, sort of hard charging environment, how, especially in New York underground for the last five years. So, um, these are some of, these are some of the, the top line issues, I would say.
0: Okay. So I, I like the distinction, that the distinction that it's not a problem. It's not a problem, but it's a fact. Um, you know, I think it is a fact, but that's where, you know, I just wonder, is it, is it a problem? Because I, I guess I've been viewing it as a problem. Um, and so that's kind of why I'm curious, why do you not see it as a problem? I mean, I, I get, I get that the facts are the facts, like, uh, you know, there's some of the pressures and there's some of the environmental things and those things, but I just feel like whenever there's something that's that big of a chasm, uh, I think of it was a problem. So that, that's good that you're, you're sort of teaching me to maybe reframe that a little bit.
1: I mean, when you think about all the industry, uh, women have been knocking on the door of a male-dominated world for thousands of years. Right. Okay? I don't want to overstate that or uh, make it, um, um, you know, anything negative. But uh, you know, women coming up on Wall Street. Uh, I have friends who came up on Wall Street in, in since the 50s, and those are horror stories. So women are knocking on the door of the poker industry, and increasingly so. So the question is, for me, I don't necessarily need to talk about it in terms of a moral issue, like whether men are bad or men are dogs or you know, men are mean to girls. I, I don't personally need to talk. I personally write into it, and I've, I'm a marketer by training, so I've advised several poker brands in their marketing efforts. So I like to think of it as an economic question. Poker is big business globally. I don't have to tell anybody in this conversation that. And women for some analysts are arguably the next big demographic for this game in terms of keeping players into the pipeline. You have women all over the world playing poker. You have women playing in free pub leagues all over the United States. You know, so the so, so if you're running a business and you want women to come into your industry and to buy your product, what are you doing to bring women into that pipeline? I have some answers to that for that but fundamentally for me fundamentally and and again it's a question of how comfortable how familiar women are with poker how comfortable they are all of these various moving parts but fundamentally poker is a business and what are you doing to attract more customers and that's a very complex answer we can I'm sure we'll get to some of it tonight
0: yeah i would love i would love to dig into that i'd love to know both from the you know what can the industry do what can local casinos do what can you know, it's part of the organizational side of it. What can they do to attract more women? Uh, but also, you know, what can, you know, male or female current players do to attract more women? But also what are those impediments that are getting in the way? What are those hurdles that they're having trouble getting over? Is it, is it something about the game itself? Is it some of the societal issues that you've already outlined? Is it the environmental issues of how they're treated? Even though I know you don't want to make this a men or dogs thing, but you know what? So I, I would love to kind of dig into that. I'd love to know kind of, what what are what is the industry doing to try to bring women in? What's being effective? Because I see it locally in Minnesota. There's different casinos here, and they're they're trying different things. They're trying to do women's nights and different things. I don't know how successful they're being, but they're trying. I'm kind of curious from your perspective what is being successful in making that happen. And then, yeah, what's what's getting in the way of uh, the numbers actually increasing?
1: That's a great. That's a very great and complex <clears throat> question. I mean, I love um, what Vanessa Selps how she has written about and talked about women in the game in, 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 uh, in, her, in the last few years. And Vanessa has a wonderful analysis, which I happen to agree with, having to do with how women are socialized into aggression. I mean, poker is a very aggressive game. This is not breaking news. So um, I know for myself, even after having three world-class coaches and many, many hours on felt, you know, there are moments that, are extremely hard for me, and I'm I extremely proud of my game. I'm playing against people who have been playing 5, 10, 15, 20 years longer than me. I'm incredibly proud of where I, how far I've come in a short time. But the question of aggression in poker, and actually just competitive, poker for me, some there are folks who consider that poker is not a sport. Okay, I mean, who cares if we want to say it is or it isn't a sport? I, You know, Tommy and I were talking about this today in a coaching session you know, the question of for me the muscularity or how warmed up you feel or what you do before, during and after a game, for me all of that is kind of very connected to an aesthetic of an athletic activity. But but the question of separate from the a kind of sexism question of whether women are getting bad mouth and I've had women write to me from all over the country that have had horror stories in casinos and how men have treated them there. But separate from that, the actual dynamic of the game. And it, to Vanessa's point, women are not socialized into, um, into aggression. And I think there was something, there was something online tonight, I, on Twitter I was reading just a few minutes before this chat began, about a very, uh, very famous, high-profile, high-stakes player, and you know, she felt it, another player, a couple times and apologized, you know? I mean, that's not my behavior, but that is fascinating to me. And that's, for me, pure gender. You know, pure gender. Um, You know, it's it's a pretty brutal game. It doesn't have to be every second. In terms of for myself, I write about a more progressive sort of attitude toward the game and a kind of more. I have a different. I have a somewhat different philosophy about poker generally, but but that's I think part of it. Um, And what in terms of what folks can do, I mean. you know there's an organization like Poker League of Nations and i think change happens in society and in our social structures from the ground up so poker league of nations is organizing women in some sense all over the country and bringing women into the game and creating environments that women feel safe and comfortable playing poker i think once women are exposed like anything else right we now have athletic leagues that are that are female leagues or whatever like female baseball but you know baseball leagues and basketball leagues and all that kind of stuff, you know, that those aren't that old, you know, sports has been a man's world for, you know, thousands of years. We mean, formal sports for 100 years and commercially. So how I think women who come to the game, understand how exciting and amazing this and how hard it is and how beautiful it is. It's an amazing, ridiculously beautiful thing that we do. Um, so yeah, it's, it's technical.
0: That's good. So I've got a million questions. I want to make sure that uh, we have panelists too. And I told them just chime in at any point in time. So I'll just, I'll pause from time to time and make sure they, if they don't jump in, make sure they have a space to ask a question. But uh, any anything at this point from the panel?
2: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious <laughs> on your thoughts of, um, of like women's only tournament. Cause I've heard women espousing two different viewpoints. One is, you know, it's a great way to get women into the game where they don't need to put up with men for those events and then they can uh, play in open events after that, after they become comfortable with the mechanics and have a welcoming experience. And I've heard other women state that they find that thought process or the idea of women's only tournaments somewhat demeaning. I mean, the reason we have them in... Uh, sports is there are just biological differences that men, you know, with the testosterone and everything, put on more muscle than women do. But there is nothing physical that means a male poker player is going to be any better than a woman poker player. Maybe there are some of the socialization things that you had mentioned previously that might impact that. But I'm just curious to get your take on that particular question.
1: Well, thank you. I um, I don't think it fundamentally should net has to be one thing or or the other. I personally, for myself, I I don't, I wouldn't like to enter an all women's game, or I wouldn't feel like I needed that to make me feel. I mean, I just dove in to the underground cash scene in New York, you know, as a grown up. So I got very comfortable with a lot of aggression very quickly. And I appreciate that for some players and for some women, um, it's an easier uh, entry point. Um, and again, I just don't think it has to be one thing or another. And I think if there's some women who, um, um, there, I know of some women who have had some very, again, some very difficult experiences live. And if they, if they come into the, their poker experience fortified and feeling like they have a community of women around them who are going to be supporting them and helping them understand the game and understand the culture of the game, um, then great. It's not for me personally, Um, but I, I, I appreciate that it's, it's, it's almost a marketing in, in some respects, I think it's also a marketing niche. It's a way for brands to, you know, for example, Poker Central, which I think does some really wonderful work on the gender front Um, And they have ladies nights and et cetera, et cetera. And then it's you know, for some poker brands, it's it's a marketing thing, and that's fine too. I don't think it has to be one thing or the other.
0: Chris,
3: yeah, I have a a question too. I mean, I think there's all these institutional things, whether it is sort of you know women's tournaments or that, that, and and that's the business side of it. But in some ways, there's also a really compelling uh, case for the players right to grow the game i mean if if 51 percent of the population started playing poker more our fields would be enormous our prize pools would grow all kinds of great things would be happening in the game and so what is it i mean and i, I understand there's all these factors that go into limiting um some women's ability to enter into the game and the, the socialization factors that you talked about but that actual like experience when when you get to the to the tournament what is it that players who want to see the game grow like me uh can help do to provide a more uh welcoming environment um are there things that we can do to to make the space uh more less of those horror stories happen
1: <laughs> no, no this is very interesting um I'm not in the tournament world anymore, but I don't think that, a d- that dynamic is any different than when a woman sits down in a cash game at a mm-hmm. casino or she sits down in a tournament. I mean, once or twice, um, I've seen, uh, I mean, uh, once or t- I've had really good luck in New York, but I've had a couple of really uh, kind of awful experiences. And I'm very grateful that I only had like two of them. <laughs> um, but if, you know, If, if, um, you know, I played with a guy who was pretty unstable at one point, and he lost a hand to me, and he went crazy. And um, he was, and maybe men, I don't know what, I don't know if men also sort of talk to each other or go toward each other like this in some sense. I haven't seen that much of it. But um, he just got up. He was yelling at me. The game runner didn't intervene. I felt overwhelmed. It It was a very difficult moment in terms of what I thought he had, he showed sort of slow rolled, you know, those moments in poker, they get, it just gets knotted, right? So he just lost his, he just really lost it. And I felt really, I felt, I felt really pretty traumatized from the evening and wrote a blog for Red about it. Um, but in that moment, nobody defended me, right? I really, first of all, other runners that I, you know, my runners in New York and I've, you know, um, have great respect for runners in New York. It's a hard business and dangerous and all that kind of stuff. And other runners, if it had happened in other games, other runners would have just immediately sort of shut that down. But if, you know, um, if you are at a table and a woman is getting, you know, kind of catcalled by a man or language is happening or, you know, uh, there's something really more violent or kind of aggressive, like what happened to me, what are the men doing in that moment? I was interviewed a few weeks ago by some folks and the guy, one of the co-hosts was, um, a floor guy, um, at a casino and he would pull guys aside and talk to them and try to educate them. You know? So the question is, and the, and the guys would be very defensive with him and they're just like, you can't talk to me this way and all that. So, um, you know, this isn't, this is an awkward, this isn't an awkward analogy, but, um, if I go, if I swear like a sailor, which I do, and I go into, and I go into a church and I choose not to swear like a sailor in a church because I know it's going to offend the congregants of that church, right? I, um, a, I honor the needs of strangers, right? So how is it that, um, it, somehow there's some license in a way not to honor the needs of female strangers in a poker context, where they can be verbally, you know, there's verbal aggression, assault. I'm not talking about, um, um, I'm not talking about um, what the language, you know, how how male players may talk to women in the course of a hand and um, what's it called? Get whatever it's, I keep forgetting the name of it. I think, yeah, I'm not talking about speech play, but but in terms of some of the uglier stuff that happens, um, what are the other, what are, what are are the other men at the table doing in response to that moment? Because that becomes, that's a community for me. For me, poker is truly a community. Like I really feel in my best moments, in my most (laughs) generous, compassionate, uh, serene moments, which are frequent. I just have a great love for this community. Like I'm often in awe. I sit down at a table and I'm just in awe of what we all do together. So if I'm in this community and, and, you know, are you, gonna, you know, are you not defending, if you're not defending me, why not? yeah That's, I, w- that's one answer.
0: I love that. I, I feel the same way. I love, I love the community of the poker world and I do feel that way. I feel super embarrassed. I feel like the community is broken when those sorts of comments are happening. Um, you know, and I think, uh, yeah, what's, what's the rule? How do we, how do we stand up for people? How do we, um, you know, interject? How do we train people? And frankly, Uh, There might be people listening to this right now that um, and I'll be a little transparent that uh, have wanted to get together with me and kind of hang out and kind of, you know, learn from each other. And because of the way that they treat women at the table, I say no. Um, Sometimes I've told them directly. Sometimes I I just don't because they don't have the kind of character that I want to uh, encourage or engage with. Uh, And so I think I think I think that's one thing that we can do is sort of, um, in a sense, shun people or do it. You know, I'm, I'm in Minnesota, so passive-aggressive is always going to be my nature. Um, but, you know, there are different ways that we can handle those things. Um, I think one, one thing that's been really helpful for me from a personal perspective is, you know, I'm, I'm filled with privilege, right? I'm, I'm a middle-class white male, all right? I understand privilege, or at least I want to understand it, and I don't understand what it's like to be um, to be on the other side of that privilege. And I think, you know, when, I, when I'm at the poker table and I hear some of these comments, uh, some really direct, some just indirect, just sort of the, some of the language that's used when a woman is at the table, you know, some of the teasing uh, back and forth. What it's done for me is it's really opened my eyes to what women are probably going through on a daily basis and what any, um, I don't want to say minority, but any, any sort of marginalized group of people uh, that's been struggling for equality for all of these generations uh, has been going through. And I think, so for me, it's opened my eyes to be like, wow, is this, is this what they're facing on a daily basis in a male dominated world? And so I don't know if I'm over emphasizing that point, but I'm kind of curious your take on that. Like, uh, I've really looked at that as a, an opportunity for me to learn and to see firsthand what is a, I think a, a bigger picture of our society.
1: Yeah, I, I really deeply appreciate you caring about these issues and you guys taking gathering tonight and taking the time because they're gigantic issues, you know. And, um, yeah, it's again, I uh, yeah, it's gigantic, and uh, you know, men, um, yeah, women, yeah, women do, uh, it's and it's equal opportunity for, for women of every race and class and uh maybe not the rich well i don't know i mean i would say it's equal opportunity women are women are still in many ways second-class citizens and women who are you know trying to enter the poker community are knocking on the door you know of of a young male uh industry for the most part um and and wanting to feel uh respected i mean um I know that men, for I mean, this just like feels so trivial in some sense. Like men, men have—it's not actually trivial, but men just really have. You know, I don't know if, and it, you know, I mean, I just let me just say this. Uh, yeah, you I know, mean, a, a woman I I know who was a tournament player. Uh, she had the experience that men would bet against her at a final table to make sure to try to get her out of the game so they didn't have to split the pot with her, mm. right? That kind of stuff. That's like really subtle kind of power dynamic. Men have a hard time losing money to women. Um, they do. Men have uh, men fold against me quite slowly. I know they're going to fold. And I just sometimes <laughs> want to say, um, I would love for you to just get on with this fold because you're going <laughs> to... Right. I, I just, it's really... Um, and I also... Uh, yeah. I mean, so the, so those are, those are, those are kind of issues, but um, yeah, definitely poker is as an industry is not different. And I think, and you've got, and I also think on the bright side, you know, you've got uh, folks like Maria Ho and up and comer brilliant players like Kelly Minken and others um, next gen, you know, kind of the, up, the, up, the younger generation who are just tearing up, tearing up the game and are, are forces of nature. Um, and I know for myself, some of the, and I've written about this extensively, some of what gives me so much pleasure as a poker player, it allows me as a woman at this point in my life to enter a poker game and reinvent uh, kind of who I am as a woman. So I get to abandon all of my, you know, I grew up in the 60s. I, you know, it was a very different time for women. The messages was, were awful. Um, you know, I spent my life sort of undoing those bad education and I get to sit down at a table and not take care of men and not smile and not be pleasant and not be anything. Um, and a friend of mine recently wrote me who's, you know, in her fifties and it, it was just, it was fascinating. She, she, she said, Oh, I, I didn't, I didn't feel like I could leave the game. It was a really bad game. Like it was You know, just from a cash, you know, a live cat you know, it's like you want to, you table select, right? She says, it was a bad game. I didn't want to leave because I didn't want to be rude. And I said that, rude. I you know, I wrote her privately and I said that rudeness uh, idea is not anything a man would ever consider in a million years, right? Like just sort of that subtle socialization about being nice and being polite and not being too aggressive or apologizing for felting, you know, all that stuff but I, I think I'm, I'm getting a little bit off track from your question, but yes, women deal with a lot of every single day.
0: <laughs> no, that that's super, that's super fascinating. Just even that, that realization. And I think it, that almost sounds like a, almost a promotional opportunity for women to say, you know, come to the table and you can strip away all of the stuff that society's telling you that you have to be right. You're, you're now you're equal. You know, you're one of nine or one of 10 people that are sitting there and you no longer have to be, a male or a female or whatever. You're just, you're just a poker player, right?
1: Yes. Yes. Ex- no, that's beautiful. Uh, beautiful articulation. That's exactly how it feels. Yeah. every it, it, Poker for me is like a great equalizer. Just, oh my God, that part of it is so intense for me. I love that. I love that.
0: And as long as you can sort of not let it mentally affect your game, right. To, to know that those things are maybe happening and those sorts of things, right. To be strong or whatever, to, to realize that uh, you can, you can kind of, Push that stuff aside and play your game. I think that's that's great. Kristen, you have something, or go ahead, go ahead, Eileen. Go uh, ahead, no
1: go. I want
3: to Well, so uh, you know, I'm I'm also thinking about some of the women in my life who you know know I play poker and are are like kind of and are kind of fascinated by the game, a little curious, and will play really casually, uh, you know, like uh, whatever. But. Um, they're maybe a little intimidated or a little scared to jump in that first time to go play in a, in a serious game, even if it's low stakes or whatever. Um, What would you say to somebody? What kind of advice would you give to a woman who's maybe a little curious about playing, but kind of nervous about taking that first step?
1: You know, uh, well, um, I, anytime I meet women in New York who are girlfriends or, our wives of players. And I always extend myself. It's just a tiny gesture of whatever to, I can do to sort of help fix the problem. Like I say to them, I'll teach you the game. Um, I, I, it, I don't know. I don't know beyond a cliche. Like you just have to jump in, right? <laughs> no, you just have to try. You just have to, um, for me, it, this also kind of segues into the question of just to, you know the question of whether women's only games are are useful. Um, for myself, for example, if I play online or even live, I mean, I play against you know recreational players are their own class of players. They're different than tournament players. They're different than professional cash live cash players because they're not making a living from the game. So their decision trees are totally different. And if I'm playing a re- a ninety percent range. Player, a 90% Ranger, or a 95% Ranger. I have, I routinely play in New York against 95% Rangers. All right. Do you know how exhausting that is? <laughs> like, it's exhausting. <laughs> so, uh, and if I play against these guys online, for me, like, I cannot tell you, like, I mean, I'm just <laughs> like, oh my God. But, but it just like, they, they like, I want to destroy them and I I love them because they teach me so much and they teach me so much discipline and they teach me to wait for spots. And so this question of, um, I've only met one woman in New York who I considered like a maniac, but not even capital M, like small M, but mostly I want to be as as a cash player at the table with maniacs. So uh, they just first of all they they build wings on your houses right do you, you get to buy the you get to buy the maserati because you know they're awful and you're just going to make a a ton of money from them but the question for new players is like anything you know like just try it or if they're guided if you have friends or folks who are curious, like, yeah just be their ambassador just be their ambassador like for anything new you know for all of us like in the most simple way if we want to you know do anything brand new. If we have ambassadors, we just feel a sense of connection. I do, I just, I'm available to a lot of younger players and especially female players always. Just to say, I'm here for you. You know, I'm always a folks at the table. Tommy has trained me strictly in a kind of mum poker. So I'm in that quietness at the table, which for me is so relieving. As a woman, I don't have to be like, you know, chatty and friendly and sweet and all that bull, you know, I'm just, quiet right but i also folks talk to me at the table i will say i'm happy to help you um like you know here's my phone number call me we can talk about whatever you want to talk about so i think that ambassadorship and that community building is very important for folks not to feel freaked out
2: john well so over the past last few years we've had um several near misses of getting Mm -hmm. a woman at the final table of the WSOP. How much do you think that would change the landscape? I mean, people in general need role models. Moneymaker obviously made a huge change to the landscape saying, oh, just an average Joe can win at this game. How much would that make a difference to say, yes, we see women, being successful on the biggest stage and that we've already seen it everywhere else, but the WSOP main event is kind of its own special beast. So how big of a change would that be?
1: Um, I, who knows is the short, my short answer, but I agree with you. It would be amazing. It would be massive. Um, I don't think that that for moneymaker, and I agree with you about the moneymaker effect. I don't think, I think for, I mean, I think it would quiet, um, the naysayers. And there's, it's not infrequent that folks online will say, you know, women just can't win. You know, the beauty, that beautiful, that beautiful sexist rhetoric, women can't compete, women can't win. I mean, Vanessa Selps with her bank account would disagree. Um, So uh, yeah, I think it would be massive. Again, I still think there's pressures on women in terms of whether they can afford to play poker or they can leave the house and play live on a moment's notice and all the things that women deal with. I don't think that that's going to necessarily transform it overnight. Um, but, uh, I think it would certainly quiet the naysayers. I mean, if you look at, uh, you know, uh, like th- the difficult rhetoric that happens on Twitch streams, um, is, is very sad to me and, and the kind of degrading language that anonymous players can do online. And, uh, you know, um, that's one environment where if women are watching those streams, you know, it's, it's, it's a really like kind of uh, the poker equivalent of a hostile work environment in some sense. Um, I also would say that how to get women, more women in the pipeline in terms of getting them onto these big high profile games uh, with the possibility of being at final tables. I mean, big brands say they want more women in the game. A lot of poker brands say that. And the question is, what are they doing about it? I mean, you have to create I commend poker stars for having a poker stars women Twitter feed and I'm not I'm sure there's other stuff that they do in that brand in their brand activity, but you have to create a narrative in which women can see themselves. Right. So if you start a poker brand or you develop a poker poker brand um, that's hyper masculine and that's appealing to younger men, boy, you know, which is fine that's a choice. It's a, it's a marketing choice. It's an economic choice. But poker brands have to commit to, um, they have to seriously commit to presenting their brands in a way that women can respond and relate. So we can say, gee, a woman hasn't won, you know, the, you know, the main event, but how many women are in the tournament pipeline? And what can be done at a much lower level right, to bring, and this is what I love about the work of Poker League of Nations, um, because they're running tournaments all over the country. And I have friends who are, you know, paying, putting down the dollars for the main event and all that kind of stuff. So it's a question of numbers and, and what are brands doing. If I go to a poker brand and I just see a kind of image system visually from a marketing perspective and there that's a lexicon that's very male and very aggressive and sunglasses and kind of this very like warrior crushing sort of aesthetic which is one way to go um aaron brown wrote a brilliant text called the poker face of wall street and he argues for a much more compassionate um much more compassionate behavior toward fellow poker players which i embrace completely but the question is you know what are brands doing uh you know to uh, to make this more you know to make this possible and to to uh, change the the what's to kind of enlarge the funnel and bring more bodies into that funnel to say it's sort of in a vulgar way
0: so so in addition to like the the major brands, I think that's <laughs> incredible advice I think that's that's something we need to hear you know'm thinking bringing it back down to let's make it about me. No, I'm just kidding. But, but, you know, bring it down to the, you know, the rec poker podcast and these sorts of uh, shows like this, you know, where, you know, we've got a decent size audience and that sort of thing, but I'd like to know what advice and putting you on the spot a little bit, like what would, what advice would you have for, for us to be able to do to not only make the podcast more appealing to women, but also to promote, you know, the game to be more um, accessible for women. Like, do you have ideas on that? Cause we, we have a panel and as you can see, they're all men and we've tried to get women on here. And, you know, I have to work really hard to get female guests on the show. We don't that, have any is right. That tr- is that true? It, it is. Yeah. And part of that is maybe just poker connections uh, that we have. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we just had Lexi Gavin on and Tiffany Lee talking about some of this stuff. But, um, but you know, it's kind of hard. Um, and we don't have any regular panelists that are female. Uh, oh. And so that's something we want to change. Uh, but, you know, in addition to that, are there other thoughts that you have around how can we – on a weekly basis where we have a platform communicate a message that is, uh, of more interest to women, not because we're trying to grow the podcast, but we're trying to grow the game and we're trying to be more inclusive in, in things. Any thoughts on that from your marketing perspective or just, uh, your other exposure that you've had?
1: Yeah. I mean, first of all, I do, I said it at the start, but I really deeply appreciate the fact that you care about this because I do think you're in the, I do think you're at the forefront. I, I don't, I, I mean, I think it's I'm coming into the game in it differently than a female player came in 20 years ago, or certainly 50 years ago. And I feel, and I'm grateful that it's not, it's different and it's more somewhat more inviting. Um, You might do some outreach to Poker League of Nations, and they may have some great ideas about just how to feature women. I think uh, one of your panels or somebody talked about the question of um, role models and. you know, when I was writing the total poker manual, I, I built, uh, I designed, um, spreads into that book to feature women at every generation. So, um, I have, I have expert, I have expert spreads with, you know, say with Jen Harmon and Vanessa, and and I have spreads with, with Kelly and just women at, like kind of every generation going back like 30 or 40 years because I wanted women to have a presence in that book in a very explicit way. Um, And I think if you have women on the show who are uh, accomplished poker players, whether it's cash or tournament players um, and women see other women that have succeeded. um, I, I also think, for example, and I've had chats with folks about this, that poker, for example, uh, young men in high school and college, right, are playing poker, right? Like, you got, I don't know what your history is. I mean, yeah. It wasn't my history, but, I mean, my whole family played poker, but it, it wasn't my life. But uh, in the 60s, you know, it was just, I don't know. I mean, poker is everywhere, but, but if it's not in your family, and then I know a ton of men, right, uh, who, who came up in high school and college playing poker. I don't know a single woman who had that experience like who they're, you know, in their dorms or whatever, uh, they were getting together with getting drunk and drinking a lot of beer and playing poker. You know, those really core, uh, very deep cultural sociological things like how men end up in their dorm and playing poker, but women don't, mostly women don't. Um, But if women see women who are successful and I talk to young people all the time, my friend, I have a friend whose daughter is 16 and she's just brilliant in the game. And I'm like, and she's just totally nurturing her. Like that, that's where it starts. Like, I'm very jealous of people with these origin stories. Like I started playing at 55 years old and everyone else started playing at nine or something. I'm obsessed with Stu Unger who grew up in my neighborhood. And, you know, he was advising his mother on Jim Rumley when he was eight years old. You know, he's just (laughs) a goddamn prodigy, right? He was. But if if women, uh, I tell young people like, you know, but if you have women on your show who are really accomplished, and, can, I mean, Jennifer Harmon has had an amazing life, and this is not as active anymore, and countless other women, Kelly and others, um, who, uh, even Danielle Anderson, who I just watched uh, the movie um, on the history of online poker, and she's featured in that, and she's had just the most the hardest, amazing life. I mean, a a beautiful, beautiful story. And I think if women see other women that are successful and are thriving in the industry, um, thank you, bet, raise, (laughs) full. Yes. (laughs) Thanks, oh my God, technology. Yeah. yeah. Um, You know, it's like for all of us, whether we're children or whether we're grownups, we see other people doing stuff that we want to be doing and then we feel like, oh yeah, I can do that too. You know, I mean, when I first met Matt Mitchell, so it was interesting. I met him through my writing life, and I didn't even know who he was because he and I were both writers, we're both fiction writers. So um, he came to my workshop, and I was training him to in to be a workshop facilitator for a writing organization in New York called the New York Writers' Coalition. I had no idea who he was, and um, and then a week later, I found out. And, and I came home and I called him and I was like, how the hell did you not tell me who the <laughs> hell you are, you know? Um, and then he, but, but for me, that was a perfect example of like, Matt was the writer and a poker player. And I was like, okay, I have 50% of this already in place. And so he was modeling that life for me and that balance for me. And that's where it began. It was, I'm not religious, but it was a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of destiny there, you know?
0: Cool. Uh, any other? Uh, we're, we're at about time, but any other questions from the panelists or comments?
3: Chris, Chris I have a quick one. Uh, when's the memoir coming out? Yeah.
1: Oh, I, that's an excellent question. You know, uh, your guess is as good as mine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, so, I'm guessing. I'm guessing his guess isn't as good as yours.
1: <laughs> it's, uh, you know, the writing. Uh, the writing. Writing moves slowly and. Uh, you know, like that. But thank you for asking. um, Chris is
0: also an author, so he understands the writing process.
1: Oh, oh, okay. Well, then that's a totally unfair question. (laughs) 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 No, and uh, yeah, and I also think a book, you know, like, um, you know, Molly's Game certainly was a beautiful, expansive moment. I mean, she wasn't a player per se, but I think she certainly opened, just expanded the dialogue for women in, in the poker ecosystem in a very profound way.
0: Well, good stuff, Eileen. I really want to honor our time, but I, man, I can't, I can't thank you enough. This is fantastic. Really, really good insights. And so if people want to connect with you, I'll put the links out there, but SuttonStories.com. Right. And,
1: the, and, and
0: I'm, the Twitter is Poker for Girls?
1: Poker for Girls. Simple. Spelled
0: out. Not the number four, F-O-R, right? <laughs> yeah, poker yeah, for, for Girls.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, our, I, our, um, and I really love talking to game with folks. And, uh, you know, I really, I really love, you know, I just, I love talking to strangers about poker, so it's all good.
0: (laughs) Well, I'd love to have you on again at some point and actually just talk strategy if you're up for that.
1: Sure. That would be great. Thanks.
0: That would be super fun. So any other ways that people can connect with you uh, other than the website and the Twitter feed?
1: Yeah, essentially that. Yeah.
0: Essentially that. All right. Well, Mm Eileen, thank you. Thank you so much. We'll let you go there. And we'll let you you sign off. We'll probably hang on and discuss things a little bit longer.
1: Okay, I'll sign off. Hold on. on, We'll we'll
0: just all watch you struggle trying to figure out how to.
1: (laughs) I'm going to to kill you. I'm going to kill you. Hold on.
0: This will be really good. This is a good outtake (laughs)
1: right here. (laughs) No, 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 because my mouse just, no, because I moved my computer. Okay, goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. (laughs)
0: That was fun. Guys, any, uh, any comments, follow up from that?
4: I think she had a lot of good insight about, um, you know, you don't even think about that cultural part of it of why there's not women in poker. You know, I think I related this story about my wife at running aces, um, where she, you know, she plays poker online all the time, but she went to running aces and then had a really bad experience the first time she played because she inadvertently did a string bet and then some asshole at the table started reading her the riot act about you know um, how bad she was or whatever it was. And so she's now, she has not gone back to the live game since. And I think of guys, and this is, maybe it's just me, but when I first started, I think it was probably around the year 2000, I was watching World Series of Poker on TV. That's before they showed the whole card, you know. I mean, this yeah. was a long time ago. And I just thought, oh, this is a cool game. I want to try this game. So I went out and bought a book on the basics of Nolan, of poker, of uh, Texas Oldham. And then I went down to Canterbury Park. And I was a nervous wreck. Yeah. The first time I stepped into a card room, I you know, I'd never played in a card room before. I was a nervous wreck. So can you imagine being a nervous wreck and being a woman and then being intimidated by some asshole at the table? That's not a very welcoming sight for some, or a welcoming start for some.
0: That's a bad combination. Yeah, I've even had, I've had four different guys that I've actually met at the front door of the casino because it was their first time going, they didn't know what to do, and they're super intimidated, but they're among other men, they're not the minority, you know, uh, but, but even them, and I remember my first time going into the casino, like, I don't know what to do. It was only like, you know, eight, nine years ago. And so, yeah, I can't imagine if I was walking in, you know, into a place where it's a male dominated thing as a female and then being berated, which, you know, people will berate anybody anyway, but I do think it does happen more to females. Uh, and I think part of that is because they just, that's how men are, but yeah, that's a, that's yeah. a bad combination. Like why would you ever go back? Right. It's such a bad situation.
4: I keep yeah. trying to get her to try it again, but she just uh yeah. she's not comfortable with
0: it. Well and you can't promise it's not gonna happen again. Right. That's the problem. Yeah, you, you know, if you could right. just say, Boy, that was a that was a one time thing that's never gonna happen again. And yeah, <laughs> it probably won't, but you can't guarantee that.
3: Right. Yeah, you can't. And and what I what I um what I love about this conversation and more conversations like it is like the the thing that seems so strange to me is that it is in everyone's best interest i think i mean the game um you know we've seen the numbers it's pretty healthy but there are signs that there's you know like some stress points for the poker community and for the poker game and like this game needs to grow right and we we as poker players if you love the game need it to grow and so any kind of environment that puts anybody makes them yeah. feel uncomfortable coming in, whether it's by their experience level or their gender or some guy just put queen four in there and knocked out my ace king and I'm going to yell at him. Like all of those things contribute to making it a more insular environment and that puts stress on the game, right? We need more players. And, it, and um, so I don't know why that would, I, I mean, I, we, we as, as a poker community need to sort of make this as welcoming a space as possible.
0: Yeah. And that's where it's hard. Cause I mean, people like, you know, the panel here, I think most of the people that I know that logically think about things. Well, first of all, they're not a-holes, but secondly, if they were, they'd logically think about this is bad for the game, but it's, uh, there. there's so many people that aren't logically thinking about that. It's the same people that are sitting there going, Ah, stupid place. They, you know, they only have 40 entries. What a bunch of idiots. And then somebody comes to sit down and they're like, well, what are you looking at? You idiot. I mean, like really, you're not putting this together that this is, (laughs) that these two things are actually inversely correlated, you know, like, but they're not. And so that's where it's like, you know, is there, is there a societal value that we can have as a podcast or as individuals to somehow raise the awareness to let people know that's not okay. Or, even inform them, you know, this is why we don't have big fields. I don't know, but I wish there was more that we could do, and maybe we will through just having some of these conversations that people will start connecting the dots a little bit more. But, uh, but man, that, that's so frustrating because, to your point, we want to grow the game, and it's a lot of times the same people that would love to have bigger fields that are the ones that are to blame for not having bigger fields.
3: Yeah. And I think that's why I, – I, I think it was – I don't know which episode's coming out which, but one of the previous episodes we were talking about tilt, right? And I feel like I was talking about this idea of like people behaving badly at the table. That's like where I get tilted because yeah. it's like this is not just about me, it's about like this community that I wanna build and, and see grow and be healthy. And so it's hard for me when that happens to play my best game. Um, and so they're kind of connected for me.
0: I totally agree. That was that was the Jared Tendler. Yeah. interview um which will be airing before this one but it was funny because he even brought up the social justice term and that's actually what i was called when i was in vegas last year uh, a guy was berating this this female dealer young gal obviously a pretty new dealer and we were playing like a a 60 daily at the rio It wasn't part of the world series or anything you know it was like 22 people or something and this this guy was just berating her and, you know i i came into the defense and he's like, "What are you a social justice warrior or something I'm like, seriously, like I mean, yes, but <laughs> but, but like really, like that's what's happening here, and yeah. um that that does put me on tilt more than anything. You can berate me, and I just kind of i at first it hurt more because I do like people to like me, but now I'm just more of a you know whatever I don't need to justify my play, but yeah, when you start picking on somebody you know when you're the the lion and you pick out the weak you know antelope and you start going after it, I have a real problem with that, yeah, yeah. John, did you have something?
2: Yeah, I was wondering how much do you think this will change generationally? I mean, uh, obviously, I think now the younger generation is a lot more accepting of things that weren't acceptable when, you know, gay rights, those types of things. When I was younger, Um, you see girls now are being uh, promoted more to take sports seriously and to have be being competitive is okay for young girls these day, or at least more okay than it used to be. Um, and competition is all part of, you know, poker. So how much do you think the socialization is changing or is there hope for the future is basically what I'm, I'm asking.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll chime in first. I mean, i I believe it was Martin Luther King Jr. that said the moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends toward justice. Um, If I misquoted that, I apologize. But I I take great comfort in that because I actually believe that that is true. I believe it does bend toward justice, uh, but it is long and it's painful and it's volatile. It's not a nice, smooth curve. Um, But so I I actually take great hope in that. I've seen strides in some ways, and in some ways I see us going backwards. (laughs) Um, uh, But I do believe that it bends toward justice, and by justice I include Uh, equality and inclusivity and and all of those things in that, including, you know, women in poker, as funny as that sounds, I think that's, that's part of the deal. I think for me, the, so I do have hope is to answer the question. I think for me is the question of how do I, I don't think those things just happen. I think it's, it's good intention people that help contribute to that. And so that's kind of where I come in Is like, yeah, it could just happen, but is there a way that I can proactively accelerate that process and make the small difference that I can make. So that's, that's where I go. I think we have hope. Uh, but as I mentioned in the podcast, you know, I'm, I'm filled up to the brim with privilege. You know, I don't know what it's like to be on the other side of it saying how long until we get equality, how long until we get justice, how long until women can be welcome at the poker table. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm constantly in my life, trying to put myself into that lens, into that perspective. What is it, What would it be like, to be in that situation because there's no possible way that I can actually understand what that's like. So that's kind of my journey. um, John is to try to say, yeah, I think we have hope, but that's very easy for me to say as a guy that's sitting on the stand or, you know, standing on the top of the mountain, you know, inviting people up versus the one trying to climb up the mountain.
4: Okay. So then
2: go ahead, Rob, you go first. I was just going to say,
4: I think all we can do, um, is when we recognize that situation like you talked about being the social justice warrior when we recognize that situation be strong enough to stand up in and, and defend that person whether it's a woman or a, a new player yeah regardless i like it john
2: well that that was rob's uh question is a good segue because my my follow-up was you had mentioned you know what can we do and we didn't really get an answer to that and it's a complex problem there is no one single answer but what can we do to make the game more inviting uh whether it be to women or minorities or just new players in general i mean it's very intimidating to come to the game um, and, uh, a lot of people could probably use Jared Tindler's mental game so that they don't act like jerks at the table, right. which would help too. uh, you know, w- what can we do to make the game more inviting and to grow the game?
3: Yeah. <laughs> One thing I've, I've never really understood why, um, you know, you see, even at, like, the Mall of America, right, like, Mystic Lake has this little, like, s- I think they still do, I haven't been there for a while, but they've got, like, this little station there where, like, people can come play a fake can or two of blackjack and, like, learn that, and, like, and then they have, like, oh, and sign up for our shuttle and come play for real and whatever, right? And I feel like I don't know why the card rooms don't have experiences like that, where, um you know maybe come play if you've never tried poker before come play for half an hour uh with the dealer you know we'll say you're going to sit in the sixth seat and what the heck does that mean i don't know where to go like we'll walk you through those things we'll deal you a hand and show you how you make a bet and how you uh you know i think that it's not just it's anybody who's intimidated by coming into the game that that way i don't know why they don't do that because uh, I feel like that is it's everyone has that first time barrier of feelings, even if they have played it with their friends or they've played it casually that first time coming into that kind of space, it's just like, well, where do I sit? What do I do? I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to do a string bet. I don't want to do a, you know, all these, I don't want to do anything wrong. Right. And so I just, I, I feel like that could be a really big thing that would help invite people into the game. Um, so I don't know, I don't know if that would work, but it seems like that would be a good space to try.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. I love that. I mean, there may be some things that we can do even with the podcast as far as helping people introduce to the game, but there's still no substitute for actually sitting in the casino, you know, you know, likening to the, to the real experience. But I, I like that a lot. And um, uh, I'm in conversations right now with Running Aces about doing some things, uh, some training things and some other things related to them. And I'll, I'm going to plant that seed as well. And, I mean, maybe they've tried with it. I feel like Canterbury has done something with a kind of a beginner's course Uh, And so I don't know how much of that is actually like strategy driven versus acclimating to that environment. Hopefully both. Uh, But so it seems like they're trying to do some things there. Canterbury did do a thing where they um, had like a, like a minimal training type thing, plus appetizers and drinks uh, specifically geared towards women. And then they played a women's tournament after that. So it was like $10 for the drinks, uh, training and appetizers and then $40 for a tournament. And then it was kind of like a night thing for women. And I know they've done that in the past as well. It wasn't just like a one-time thing that they did. Taylor, do you know if they had any feet, any uh, good turnout at all for that? I honestly don't know. Yeah,
4: okay. Well, my, my wife did go to one of those about uh, five years ago, I think it was. And Fox was there putting it on. He did a little seminar in advance. You know, and there was a lot of girls there that that ha- were normal players, like Jay Phillips was there, you know, people like that, that we know that play poker regularly. Yeah. And it was, um, the poker wasn't really at a very high level, according to my wife. But, it, you know, they gave him a, a, a glass of champagne and a little gift bag and stuff like that, and then had a little tournament. So there was a lot of new players, is what my wife told me. There was a lot of new players there. And whether or not they went on to you know play actually down in the casino or not, I don't know, but yeah, it was a pretty inviting thing. and like I say, they had Fox was kind of gave them a quick overview of how poker works just at a at a bare you know basic level.
3: I didn't know they were doing that. That's great,
4: yeah, for sure. Yeah, they just had one. I think about two weeks ago. I saw it. I was down at Canterbury a couple of weeks ago, and I saw him advertising it. So.
0: Okay. Yeah, I knew I knew. Um, like Chopper was putting something on Twitter. As far as looking for, you know, he was asking about you know doing intro courses because I'm doing a community ed thing, and so he was asking about what I'm doing with that. I didn't realize it was specific for women, and maybe it's maybe it's not. But uh, yeah, I agree that that's fantastic. Anything to bring in bring in new players in sort of a non-threatening way. It has to be good, right? It has to be a, at least a move in the right direction. Well, any other thoughts? I know it's been kind of a, a long night. Uh, we've recorded a couple of different uh, sessions tonight. Uh, but any any kind of wrap-up thoughts from Eileen or related to this uh, women in poker? Well, thanks, thanks for being on here. I think it's an important discussion. I, I'm excited that we're engaging in it, even though it's taking a break from a lot of our strategy stuff Uh, i think it's an important timely conversation thanks again to the the rec players on the panel as well thanks to running aces for being our sponsor as always and go check out recpokertraining.com for everything that uh, we have going on so that's it everybody good luck on and off the felt.